0: Yeah, hopefully I don't get as uncomfortable this time in this in this You'll seat. be fine, pal. Not all right. I'm
1: not all right. I like to drink and smoke and take away the pain and you don't remember all the taken.
2: Mark, it's good to finally have you on. I think this is what like two years in the making.
3: Definitely two years in the making. Uh, two yeah. years
2: in the making, a friendship of what? Probably twelve years now.
3: Feels like forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We
0: got, like, yeah. We gotta pull the mic. Um, there we go. How's, How's that? that? Good. We're good?
2: good. Yeah, we're good.
0: Or should I move the stand around? Move it. Yeah, you're gonna be good there.
3: How's that? Yeah. That's is that
2: better. There, you go. Okay. there we go. Yeah, we've. Uh, you know what? We we go long way long, back.
3: Long, Mark, oh, do you remember the good go. old days at uh, at JBR's? Uh, Yeah. Do I remember them? Yes. (laughs) Vaguely. Vaguely. We had some fun times there. We definitely did. London was great. I mean, uh, that whole scene in London at that time was something special, probably, you know, never to be repeated by another group of people. You know, I, I, I look back at all the people that we came in contact with and that, entire group of people and everybody is off doing big things. Like you think back to that group and it's pretty amazing.
2: And there's a lot of like different groups that came together to make it special, right? Like there's like the London the London locals, like then there's like young people, different groups of young people, then you had, you know, the wild cards that would come in. Yeah, well, like you
3: guys were the young people, though, too. Like yeah, you, we and, were, you we and were the young Alexander, at the time, yeah. You guys were the young people for yeah, us. Yeah, we were the young people. <laughs> oh, so, you know, throwing in all the groups. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm just saying because yeah.
0: you when, like you guys got there, too, Is like, when, or when we got there in 08, was kind of the rise of, like, EDM, EDM and House Music, and it really yeah. took off commercially, because mainly because of Avicii, and that was one of the yeah. first big shows. Do you guys remember Bloody Beat Roots?
3: Of course. Yeah,
0: I up yeah. on curling. Of I don't course. remember like I don't even think I remember what they would look like if you put them in a room with me. But I still remember that was one of the first like big, big parties and they were like them, Mastercraft. That was the kind of music that like I think it was in first year. That was 08. our first year. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the big like EDM scene. But I that, couldn't that, tell you what they, they were. The like. more popular ones, Steve Aoki, yeah, like, Bloody Beetroots. I couldn't tell you what, if
2: the guy was wearing from me. I would have I know no, they were idea. Italian. no idea.
0: I know they were Italian and they wore like Spider Man. Yeah, masks. I remember the Spider Man. I masks. think That's
3: I like... remember the artwork more than I remember the party. Like <laughs> that, that was that time. Like uh, Decker was doing yeah, all that art. Decker, yeah, and it was so. Were you roommates? It was things? so good. No, no, I thought you. No, but. I mean, him and I worked together for a long time, and that artwork that he was doing then was iconic. Like, if you think back to those parties, his artwork is the thing that I think about the most. Yeah,
2: crazy.
3: Yeah, same. Because my name was misspelled on like twenty two.
0: No, that wasn't wasn't Decker. That was Maddie's fault. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I remember. I don't remember how, how. I think like four times it was like I had the residency at Cobra, and I was like so so pumped. And uh, like the first time I saw it, I didn't even catch it. I think like maybe you or someone's like, hey, you think it's spelt wrong? And I saw it. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> Messages like the club, and like, okay, we'll fix it. The next week, there's like a different letter misspelled. I was <laughs> yeah. like, man, like I texted this. Like, how could they mess this up again? So I'm like, okay, this kind of sucks because I want to put these up like in my, you know, my, my uh, apartment, whatever. In your dorm. <laughs> my yeah, dorm. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next week is missed. I'm like, this is crazy. Oh my like, so send me the art. I'll have it all remade. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll get but I'll a send your high quality I'll file. I'll never forget that. Yeah, I was... think those,
3: uh, name mistakes are, you always remember them like, uh, for digital dreams one year, we, we misspelled this guy, Matt. Uh, Zinardo's name, Matt Zinardo. And I don't think that I have have called him Matt Zinardo in years. Like, all I've ever done is called him Zinardo. So <laughs> it's, like, it's, uh, it's those thug- things you remember the most.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it was good. Like, that was, it's pretty crazy to think about, like, how much, like, that Western was always, like, known for a party school. But, like, that really, I think, transitioned it to, like, less maybe about the bars, like, the you know, less about saying, oh, we went to the seeps or we went to this and it was more about the events that were like thrown there because I know people that are generations of people that have gone and they bring up the different different venues, right? But I think after the time when we were there onwards, it's like there was this party and this party and this festival. I mean, like even as a block party, right? I think you mm-hmm. guys were the ones that changed, really revolutionized it. and then start, all of a sudden there's a bunch of festivals happening in London, Ontario, yep. you know, of all places. So really interesting to see how like you know, just over a decade, how much that trip down memory lane, boys. It's cool. Like it is, it's crazy to think about, and I'll still never forget. Like that wasn't just us thinking this is the truth that like Playboy ranked Western the number four party school in America, in North America. It was like the only Canadian school in the top maybe fifty, which is pretty like that's pretty crazy to think that it's just recognized uh-huh. like on that level, having that kind of social scene. So
3: yeah, I, I think the parties were were a big piece of it, but. They were one part of uh you know a bigger phenomenon at western and and that was the social education that everybody got when they were there. I think that if you just talk about western as as the parties that everybody went to and and all the crazy stuff that everybody did it's it's not giving it it's like fair due. Yeah. like I think that the way people socialize there that side of people's education that they came away from the school with is probably you know the single most thing that they trade on if you think about like in Toronto I work with people who like Jordan Swamney who worked for me at Premiere who's doing really big things at TikTok and he's been you know across a whole bunch of different things and um John Hibionata and like I run into all kinds of people all the time who either worked with me or came to our events, or you know, or just part of our social network. And I think that that thing that that is the most important takeaway. Like, yeah, everybody trades on that. Everybody trades on that social network. And I think that that's the most important. Thing. I
0: think that's actually a very well. Like you put it very well. Um, He's been practicing. Because, no, it's, but <laughs> it's had it's, two it's years a, to prepare a, for this. <laughs> no, it, but it's it's true because in a sense, like that's a good point. I mean, I the people that I even see in my business, like I'm I'm in cleaning. It's not like a you know a. Um, sought after industry to be in like it's not like a bunch of western grads are trying to jump into the cleaning world but i deal with a lot of people in the asset management space and this and so many. i went like i studied with so many of them and mm-hmm. and like through those networks you keep in touch with them and everyone's either you know working in the corporate world moving up doing cool things at, you know startups and all this stuff and you can kind of see that network like you can see people kind of moving and, and trading in that like you said yeah but even on the other end of it too how much um Still at Western, it's evolved into people looking at it from a, a business mindset. I mean, we have uh, a couple frat brothers that like they're th- they're throwing events, but they're doing it with the business side in mind where they're going and like, you know, they're not booking like DJs. They are, the, you know, they have the DJ or the, the local talent. And they're putting on these getting these stages, throwing these massive events, and they're making good money doing it. And they're looking at it from like from that point of view. So I think even that size change, it's not so much about let's throw a cool party, have fun, you know, get drunk and we're gonna be cool. It's you know, how do we make this fun and keep this going, but also, you know, make it into something that's bigger than that. So I think mm-hmm. that
2: they're that's doing things that you. like you guys at Premier did. But has like kids almost. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you guys were like, you guys had graduated, you're a little bit older. Like, even me and Murady, like, when we started doing it, we were at the end of our careers, but we always did it with someone either. You guys were like, the manuals and stuff like that. They're doing it as like fucking second, third year kids. Yeah, yeah. They're throwing thousand person parties, outdoor parties, $20 a pop cover. Like, what yeah. and even the way they what? think about
0: it, I'm not going like, to share yeah, their yeah. trade secrets on this because they've shared some stuff with us. <laughs> but the way they have like honed in on how to keep it going, where it's not just like while wow, we're here, we're going to you know capitalize this year. They're planting seeds yeah. and trying to keep the like the momentum going and yep. like foster this brand, if you will. I've it's I tough to do. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because every yeah. year so you know a new group comes in and you know maybe Jim Bob's the cool one and then now it's Jack's or this event was good and outside and this company had these events in this market. It's just very interesting to see people think about it. Not to discredit you guys, I'm sure that this is something on your radar as well. And maybe I wasn't like as um as it like a tuned within the business side of what you guys did at the time, but I just blew my mind the way they look at it and talk about it and how they keep the, you know, their kids, brand yeah. top yeah. of mind. I think it's very impressive.
2: I want to ask each of you <laughs> from your London days, favorite event you were a part of, favorite event you DJed?
0: Why well, don't a DJ, I can be part of it. Type- typecast me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Okay, you want to say attended? I meant like an event you worked. No, I, that's fair. Because you were
2: yeah, only no, part of it has the DJ. You never worked at an event outside of DJing.
0: No, I uh, the the easy answer would be, would be to say Avicii. The first time I like that was the first show I ever opened for a DJ, and it was Avicii. Who a year after I opened for him was the biggest artist in mm-hmm. the world. But I don't remember it well because it, was I was at a block party. No, no was, was at mansion. mansion? Oh, a mansion, right? Yeah, I was yeah. drinking like a Heineken with him, and he was just sitting next to me. Like I'm like, oh Tim, oh like, nice God, to meet Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of knew
2: That was in like, <laughs> bromance
0: just came out. Literally, it had literally just came out yeah. like yeah. a month before, something like that. My
2: my feelings for you was.
0: His like big song
2: yeah. at the time, and
0: so that was cool. Data life, uh, it was Old either that one or Data Life at Music shows. Hall. Yeah. I, we did Data Life, the Titan Bright Party. If I think it was at Mansion. Same basic setup as Avicii was, which was very cool because that was like chaos. But the first time I got to play Music Hall in front of a sold out crowd was Data Life there, and that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, like made my my ego pretty big yeah. playing
3: <laughs> that show. But <laughs> it was <laughs> really it was fun. Mark, good you,
2: uh, best party or best event you were a part of.
3: Uh like I think probably you know the first the first tent party we did was uh was with Dead Mouse and I think that that was like that, that was big. special for a bunch of reasons. The Avicii one was big and you know, I look back at like we did the weekend at tent party the year later. Um
1: those the were, weekend was those like
3: the, the second ones. day, right? The third day. Third it was day like Steve Angelo Dirty South, maybe. Calvin Harris, no, no. Calvin Harris was the the block party after. Well, Avicii. Calvin Harris
2: did the one for Kings as well. Remember Tony I? Yeah, at Music Hall, Music Hall before it, I, before, I, before
3: I, it got renovated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like wow, it was. It was, way it was like Redo- yeah. it just got
2: renovated what three years ago, four years ago.
3: No, like it was. It was when
0: seventeen. It I think was Joe Music
3: Hall in like it was like two
0: thousand nine. No. 2010.
3: 10. I was in third year. I played that show. I was the first opener. Oh, my God. 2012? Okay. No. We got there in 2008. We it left in 2012.
2: Yeah. And it was 11. Music Hall was, it's been Music Hall. Mus- it was Music Hall the whole time we were it there. It never musical renovated
3: we Music Hall used to be one floor. Yeah. And it was like the back.
2: Wasn't it like Rum Runners or something?
3: Rum Runners was, it was always the front. But it was like the music hall was just upstairs when it had low ceilings. That's where we did Calvin Harris. It was crazy. It we was. It A-LP was always. It, I don't remember it like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, there. No, there wasn't an upper floor when we were there. I think I went back once, and I went back. Well, yeah. now later, it's four years later. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, now it's, it's a, like a real, real, yeah, yeah like it's concert a real venue. venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah Calvin sad. Harris there was not. It was like the thousand person venue. Yeah. Because yeah. now Burns, it's like right? his, Burns played before him, and then
3: fifteen hundred. 2013. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we would have been there for. the So old you guys one. don't know, you all y'all don't know the old school. Oh my
2: god, yeah, I do remember it now. The old yeah. original, yeah. smaller. I yeah. do remember it now. You know, what I, remember? I, um, I remember it you know what I remember? randomly. Um, I don't
0: remember it. It's all I remember. I don't know what the new. <laughs> I can not tell you the new one looks <laughs> like. No, I know uh, the, the new, new one now because so nice. it's, it's sick. I, like, I've been so there yeah, recently, yeah.
2: Yeah. but uh, I remember I went to Splash Bash one year. And yeah, that was yeah. The party that came into my mind, the Splash Bash party. Okay, wait. So you said favorite was yeah. I think
3: those ones were or ten party, sorry. Those ones were the first ones like where we just went out and hustled and like we had some great partners. Obviously there's, there's a a lot of, uh, people that we worked with, a lot of teams that came together, um, to make that stuff happen. Those were the ones that are the most memorable because it was the first time we stepped up from being like, you know, three, four, five night a week club promoters into being like, large scale kind of at the time it felt large scale concert promoters
2: i love that you say that at the time it felt like at the time at the time it was was, now you're running i don't know 500 events a year like
3: it's crazy yeah
2: tens of thousands of people right but at the time it was massive like i remember even when we did Vici, like again 500 people at mansion not big at all made zero dollars on it zero because we're like our spreadsheet was like okay it's going to cost us Vici. That's it.
3: Well, 100%. We didn't know anything, right? Like, well, and that was the thing with electronic music back then. It was that it was really the only genre where you could get a flat deal. Yeah. Like, we you paid deadmau mouse nothing. And, <laughs> and, it, and it was flat. And, like, the, the next year when, when Avicii came, they were like, uh, it's a versus 85%. And we're like, uh, we agreed to it. And we're like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, it Wait, was, what, what is that? It's basically where profit split kind of yeah, like we'll either pay you this much money or we'll pay you uh, this percentage of the net proceeds. One or the other, right? So depending which is greater, is whichever that whichever is greater. Okay. Yeah. So so I said we ended up paying him quite a bit yeah. more money, and so at the start, at the start, we were like, "Hey, f- we can get flat deals everywhere." There was a whole bunch of like entrepreneurial young kids. And we were just kind of running around, hustling with like printed tickets in backpacks. Oh yeah, this is like, before QR code. Like the there was no, there, no, was no ticket digital 001, there was no tickets. one. That's it. It was. Yeah, we got, and it was like,
0: shoeboxes of like cash. trading, and then the guys would have it and bring the shoeboxes of money. Yeah, like in it one just, tickets
3: yeah. would would send us like these things with a hologram on it, and we would we would get all the batch of tickets printed out. Everybody, each promo team would get their cut of tickets. Yeah. And you'd go around with, like, a backpack and sell them.
0: It's pretty crazy to think about, too, like, the point you said about, like, it was big at the time. But, like, you're in your, like, early 20s throwing these events that are mm-hmm. that are bringing, you know, maybe a few 200. hundred thousand. No, but a few hundred thousand dollars. To totally. Be, you know, that you're managing at the time. And, you know, bringing events to that local economy and and, and creating that kind of. That culture. It was big at the time. They're, those yeah. are big it was deals. Big. It's also like, it's It's not really, I wouldn't say a big risk because the, the market is there if you do it right and you're smart about it. Like, there's not much downside yeah. risk, but there is a risk at that age doing it from liability, from is it going to work? Did I book the right thing? To put that all together at, at young ages and, and seeing it happen in London and continue to happen, I think it's just, yeah, I think yeah, it's Yeah, so we cool. had,
3: it was like, we had partners and everybody that worked with me at Premier and all of our partners, they had enough money to go make their investment. And I remember it was, it was time for us to like all put in our money to like make this happen. And I like called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, I need some money. Cause I paid for myself to go to school and I, all the way through. And, uh, which is why I started throwing parties was to pay for my school. And and I called my grandma and I called my brother and I was like, guys, I need money. And it's
2: like, I know it's going to work. I know it's going to work. I promise.
3: I, I remember it like it was yesterday. But the problem is
2: they're like, sorry, who's Dead Mouse? My mom what was like, about?
3: what are you doing with your life? And like, <laughs> it was this real, real thing. And, uh, and they they all gave me money and I put whatever I had in and we did it. And I just remember going to each one of them. And I remember going to my grandma and just like laying out $20 bills on her <laughs> kitchen table. And she, her eyes are just so wide and I, Ugh. I'm laying them out and paying for them. And, and I think like when you say like, what's the most memorable event, it's like we had to go through so much to get that done. We like one night we didn't have police. Uh, we had to go like, politic with the police department to get paid duties all kinds of stuff mike Manuel came through big time on that but mike was good we had to do so much to make that happen i had to beg borrow and steal to get my uh my cut for that event and everybody ended up doing okay on it
2: oh i can imagine did you ever lose on any
3: oh yeah so Yeah, definitely.
0: I'll share one, actually. And we didn't lose, but... uh, Yeah, tell the fans, you are still waiting for our money back. (laughs) That that wasn't my fault. We won't talk about that one. We'll leave Um, that one. No, ours was uh,
2: Gareth Emery. Like, literally, uh, either barely broke even or just kind of might have lost. Um, We booked Gareth Emery through Pooplin, I think. And Gareth Emery at the time was massive. You know, I had the song was something angel. Children. Children? Or something about angel. There's... Well, probably whatever. Yeah. Anyways, uh, massive at the time, and then I think you guys and or Rashid or so, someone booked Hardwell same day, and we're like, and this is when Hardwell literally just went from like mediocre yes. level DJ to like boom yeah. number one in the world or something. But wait, where was Hardwell? Was Gareth Emery was at Music Hall? Was we were any? at Music Hall, and they were at Cobra, so it's like better venue, cooler venue. Ours was bigger, uh, and I think like Durex condoms or something came in last minute with like thousand dollars or two thousand dollars sponsorship, which saved our fucking ass. <laughs> They're like, we'll do it to sell tickets or something. We're like, all right, whatever, cool. So, it's like any yeah, ticket great. you sold was like half price. They would cover us the other money. I can't remember the deal, but that was that was one where we almost. If it wasn't for that, we would have got our asses handed to us.
3: Oh man, we lost a
2: thousand dollar loss. Like at that time, is your ass handed yeah, to you? Right? Like, 100%. You're like $1, yeah, one hundred percent. Like a thousand dollars, holy yeah. fuck. Okay, now you make an investment. How many thousand dollar beers you can buy? Yeah, you know? man, like, <laughs> man, that was like a month's worth of booze. Yeah, <laughs> here it's like that's two nights or something. Fuck.
3: <clears throat> yeah, we um. I think after that dead mouse event and after Avicii went so well, it was like every year the group just like chased those profits. Right. And, and I think that, uh, it's really tough losing your own money for sure. And we lost a lot of money on those, uh, on those events. Like everybody thinks like, Hey, you just, you can just do this and you're going to make a ton. Like there's so much personal risk.
2: People don't realize so they see a good party and they're yeah. like, Oh, this party made money for sure because 100%. this party is bumping. Yeah. But they don't know it's like, okay, yo, to get that party bumping, we have to spend X amount of dollars on this. We gave away hundred free tickets here. We did this, this, and this. It's like, fuck you can easily lose even though you have an insanely good party.
3: Yeah, and it's tough when you're when you're doing it like that because there's no scale to it. Yeah. You're not like there is no next party right away. Like you're you're doing two major events a year. Like if one of those things flops you can lose Or both of those flop, like you you're could done. be done, yeah. like totally done. So it's not like the next day or the next week you have another event that you can make up for it on. Like you're, you're toast.
0: Did you guys, either of you, when you're throwing these events, was it a sp- like a little yellow notepad of paper writing this stuff down? Did you guys do like P and L to try at least try to figure out what was going to make money? And even you like got spreadsheets quick. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, th- I think that like. You know, like I was saying, it's just like there was this huge group of entrepreneurial-minded uh, young people doing stuff, and and we brought Rita Choi in um, really like, early, yeah. and and she she kind of took our our like books. street hustle mentality and made books and and did our spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. But I think it quickly went from napkins and and notepads to real financial models and stuff like that so you know it, it wasn't it wasn't as like down and dirty as uh as some might think like there was a real structure to it all yeah. and we were really forecasting how much money we were going to make and by the time i left western like we had almost 60 people working for us at was Premier. like it was, Premier, it was like- we had a payroll like and we had an office and yeah. it was like a real
2: because I remember wow. at Jim Bob's one you—I don't want to say you guys like kind of started like I don't want to call them "paid the party girls" because they're not, but like you guys hired a whole bunch of young, good-looking women that were part of sororities and did this, and yep. it's like they came there early. guys, yeah, and guys, like cool, yeah. good-looking sport, sport dudes. Because I remember, it's like, at one point, I remember thinking, I'm like, how many fuck does this person work there? This person, this person did Wednesdays, that person did Thursdays, but you could still get into the bar for free if you were part of the premiere on any of those nights. It's like I'm looking at the bar, I'm like, fuck, like a third of these people probably work here, but fuck, like. It's slam.
3: Yeah, totally. Man, it was crazy. That was that was because eventually you guys trick. just took
2: over Jim Bob's at one point. Yeah. It's not like we all the rest of us had nights, right? It's like I'm Wednesday frog, Thursday mansion, Friday upper. You guys were Jim Bob's Wednesday through Saturday mm-hmm. or something, like whatever. I don't remember exactly, but it was. And you guys cr- it was it yeah. Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. And you guys crushed it Wednesday through Saturday. Like, yeah, it was that was
0: my favorite bar for for probably my last two years at Western. It was everybody's. When I, and when I was in first year, all, all I remember hearing was Jim Bob's the underage bar. It's all underage that go there. And then when I was second year, I kept hearing a little bit. I think probably have, maybe it was second year it started, but I went once and I'm like, this is yeah, this place is packed and it's like good music. The back it's, bar,
2: it's, it's, two dollar shots. Yeah, or two dollar drinks. It was already. my favorite spot.
3: Like,
0: I think I probably spent yeah. the most time there of anywhere in London. Or any and the, venue, and the,
2: bar the platform in on the beside the DJ booth. So
3: like, yeah. so that DJ booth when we first took it over was this teeny tiny little thing like two people could stand in it it would be like me derek and this guy dave uh matthews who's the dj and one day like legit we just convinced them to let us tear out the dj booth and i went in with my buddy damon and some other guy that works at the bar bought all the materials and damon and i we knocked out the we knocked out the dj booth we framed it in and we rebuilt that whole DJ booth so that we could bring like the party into, <laughs> into the booth. Like that was the whole plan of it was that you could fit like 10 or 15 people in there, 20 people on some <laughs> nights. And, and it was like, it was crazy.
0: I had good old times. Yeah. This, but still it is, um, the things you like to go back to the point that like the thing you learn the most is at Western maybe not everybody, but a, probably a decent amount of people in their four years the thing they'll take away the most or learn the most is probably like the 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 social skills that you learn there i mean i can tell you i don't remember any of my courses i yeah. took some i think decent courses and i like i took stuff that i liked and that i thought would be a value especially someone who you know um wanted to go into the business world if you will but the things that you learn the net, the connections you make all that stuff like that's those are the intangibles that you can't really get, and there's other schools I think you can probably get them at, but that's the one thing that I think Western excels at, or at least is one of the top tier that excels at it. Yeah. And it it's interesting because when I go back now and you see it's still similar, but it feels a little more chaotic. Maybe because I'm older and I'm a little bit more, I don't know if mature is the right word, but I see it. And I'm like, was well, this really how we were? It feels it's young- different. It feels different. younger, a little more yeah. like crazy. Because maybe the music's a little whatever. But then I see that, and I think, you know, if I, when I have kids, you know, I would probably want them to go here because, sure, do I know what's probably going to happen? And maybe skipping classes, doing this, whatever? Yes. But the things you learn and the people you meet there, um, like, you just, you, I think you really can't put a price on that no. aspect of it.
2: I'd agree. It's not what you learn in the classroom, it's what you learn outside of the classroom
0: there. 100%. You know what I
2: mean? Like, I, I did the MIT program. This is
0: obviously, again, if you're not going to be a professional. You're not yeah, going to be a yeah, doctor, yeah. a, a scientist, be, yeah. a dent, whatever.
2: A doctor, lawyer, engineer, something but, like man, that.
3: But man, those kids partied hard too. Man. Some of us. Like, yeah. Like big time. Like the engineers? Yeah. yeah. Big time. And the doctors. Or even the, yeah. even, well, even the guys doctors who are, uh, Doctors are some of the craziest oh, people yeah. that God. I personally Well, know. do you think
2: about one of the biggest like non-event parties of the year is the, the one after BMOS, the 221 or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That night where it's like every single BMOS student went out. What's the big course of uh, the, 257
3: There you is, go. Two five seven. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like,
2: that party, everybody knew Frog and Jim Bobs and wherever it was gonna be slammed from seven PM yeah. to like two AM. Because okay. everyone
0: went out that night, right?
2: Yeah. Like yeah, it was a like very work hard, play hard mentality. Like
0: you know, I mean get, I played hard, not really worked hard, but <laughs> well, you graduated to <laughs> be honest. Yeah, I did graduate it was just crazy. My oh, marks yeah. got better. My marks got better year over year and my, my amount I went out went got greater year over year. Strong correlation here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's true, though. You know, you form that, those when you start to kind of get into the social scene, maybe it's partly you want to keep up with it, but you also realize you have to do this. So you're, you know, again, maybe you are, you know, maybe it is the work hard player and you're playing catch up a lot more. You know, you're not bored. You're not just sitting there staring at books all day. Like you're doing this. You're like, okay, I have to get this done so I can go do this. And it's kind of an incentive that kind of pushes you
2: along a little bit. But I think it's also part of the idea that, If you know you have X amount of hours and you need to get this done because you need to do that or you want to do that, okay, I got four hours to study for this today because I want to go out tonight and then I'll have eight hours to study tomorrow. I need to make sure that these four hours today and these eight hours tomorrow really count. Because yeah. I, w- I want to go out tonight. You know, Mark's running that crazy party at Jim Bob, and we know that X, Y, and Z were going to be there. I got to be there. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When it was time to study, I didn't fuck around because I didn't have that much free time to fuck around. So it's like, if I'm going to study, let's make sure I get this done so I can still go to Frog Wednesdays, Mansion Thursdays, Up Friday, or, and Jim Bob Saturdays. Yeah. Right? Like, the, to think about we went out like four nights in a row, or you five oh my nights God. in a row, like fucking wild.
3: It's crazy.
0: When did you leave London, like, I guess, officially?
3: 2012.
0: Okay, so right when yeah, right when yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, So 2000, I did. Uh, I started Western in 2001. You started Western 2001. Yeah, I'm from London, so I it was know you, like, but I didn't know you were that old. Yeah, 39. I didn't wow. know that. Yeah, crazy, huh? Hey? I, I knew you were like you were a couple. I, yeah, I thought you were like 35. I thought you were Andrew's <laughs> age for some, ready's age. No. Wow,
0: fuck, man, well, you look good.
3: Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thank well,
0: you. Andrew started in oh, f- what would have been oh five. Oh, five. He was three years yeah, older that's than what I that's, what that's what I thought, thought he was. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were... Yeah, I, was t-
3: I graduated in 2004, and then I did uh, two years of uh, a postgrad at Fanshawe. What program? In GIS and urban and regional land planning technologies. Did so, you do
2: urban planning? I did urban development. Urban development. So
3: I, that's what I did at Western as well. Oh, okay. And that's what I kind of fancied myself as. I, I thought I was going to be Little a developer. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, I did my first internship at the City of London in the planning department, and... I uh I finished that and I was like, Mom, i uh, we had just done premiere part time and it was like it was premiere productions and it was me, Derek and Arif and uh and I was like, Mom, I'm I'm gonna stop doing this stuff. I'm I'm gonna do this like event planning stuff full time. She's like, You're ruining your life. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> All this school, you're just gonna throw it away And uh you know, it turned out fine, but uh, yeah, leaving London was was like a a big decision. It was, uh, but it was definitely time. And I started at Live Nation in November of twenty twelve, and uh, coming up on ten years there now. Wow.
2: We, the thing is, and there's that idea of um, like in London again. London's it's a big small city. You know what I mean like out of all the small cities in Ontario And it's not I guess small But compared to Toronto or, or I guess maybe Montreal Ottawa, Montreal's not Ontario but whatever it is, It's one of the bigger of the smaller ones Right and you can only do So much there you know especially if you want to do Bigger parties you want to do bigger events mm-hmm. and you really want to Like bring world class Talent let's say you can only do it In a place where you can fit it right You can't yep. you're not going to Sell out stadiums on a weekly basis in London It's just there's Budweiser Gardens and you, How many events that happen there a year 10 maybe yeah, like not, outside of the night enough,
3: not like enough yeah, 10 or
2: something. Yes. Right. Like there's only so much that a city like that can support here. There's we'll, we'll get into that, but every night thousands of events of all different sizes, right. Where it's like in London, again, you can only have so many. So I guess it was kind of the next chapter in your life where you have to move.
3: Yeah. And I think that, uh, like we were, we were the first of all of the kind of promo groups to organize and to, get staff and have a payroll and pay people to have a be real like business. web developers yeah. and and content Graphic creators designers. and stuff like that and so we were like learning from ourselves yeah. and we didn't have mentors in the market we didn't have mentors at all we were just like figuring out how'd you go. sitting around and talking about the moves that we wanted to make and what we thought we needed to do and after doing it for so long it was like okay, it's time to go learn from somebody else. It's time to go have some different experiences and see where this can really go.
2: It also helps that, like, again, it was a full-on business. For, it's not like it me and Moretti, real. we were yeah, just yeah. a couple kids just yep. having fun and we happened to make some money with it too, right? Like, me and Moretti, had, towards the end of it, had a nice little business and it was great, but you guys had, like, a legit, real proper business like yeah it, was, it wasn't it was just real. it wasn't just a nightclub throwing company or you didn't do concerts. Like you had a full event marketing business yeah right then that's the difference a lot of again me and ready were good examples we call ourselves event marketing, but it's like we threw weekly parties there's a difference between event marketing businesses and typical nightclub promoters that happen to be two or three people with a licensed business in ontario that cost 65 dollars
3: or whatever yeah right? yeah totally you know what i mean yeah we had uh we had a number of parents who called us and were like what the fuck are you guys paying my kid to do and we're like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Shut like, up. like i i just want to be clear like you're paying <laughs> them and giving them free drinks to go to the bar and we're like yes and after a couple of those conversations we're like okay hey, we got to figure this out because we need to have real employees who are responsible for something like we had a group of people who were like the door the door girls like they, they managed all of the payments and transactions that happened at the door. They they ran afloat. They had like a real job. Like they showed up for a work shift. We had people who were um, like Lauren Chan, who's gone on to Lauren. do so many Lauren. amazing things. Is she She's like her, a model now? She, and she owns uh, she owns her own clothing <coughs> line. She's in New York. She's on all kinds of stuff. Yeah, she was on her resume first year, well. I think.
2: Yeah. She played on the women's basketball team too. Yes. Yeah. So she, she, was, cool. she was she was like was cool.
3: an she editor cool. on our website yeah. and so that was her job. So she went to that. the parties at night, but she was editing news on our on our blog oh, yeah. and uh, Jordan. Yeah, like for sure. Claire. And there's so, there's Claire, so many you know people. You I was going to
0: say? Claire one of the uh, she did the doors, I think, at some parties. Because I always Claire remember Claire still like talked to her a little on, bit of uh, everything. Yeah. On social media all the time, like a bumpy nerve time to time. Yeah. She was always the nicest. Always. Or that might see her. You, like, "Oh yeah, you're good. Come on, come Yeah,
3: finding roles for people was like the first kind of step into creating a legitimate company, yeah. and it made for me. It was at the time when like digital ticketing was coming into play, online marketing was a thing, like Facebook was just Facebook ads coming in. Just there out. weren't even ads then. It was <laughs> just like we the JavaScript to copy paste all of those. We <laughs> yeah totally we paid somebody it was literally their job to go through and to message everybody who had clicked attend on our on an event and they messaged them to make sure that they had like guest list that they had bottle service if they were um like coming for a Uh, birthday did they need transportation we were doing like limos limos and and buses and (laughs) stuff like that like we literally had somebody and that's all that they did. And Facebook made us so much money then. So we were like coming up with all these tactics. So when I got to live nation, I had this like whole playbook that they had never seen before. And I had an understanding of, cause they
2: were that like big corporate mentality where it's like you came like more grassroots. Almost. Well,
3: and I came in, I went into electronic nation. So I first started doing all the dance parties. And Digital Dreams was my first event. Actually, my first event was Burr Winter Music Festival. Yes, I started in November. Right? They're like, this is coming in in February, and I was like, shit, like, okay, let's get going on that. I, plus, we had Dreams was already on sale, yeah. and because uh, I remember was, when you started working, there. you invited in.
2: me to the party at the Thompson when you guys. Um, I can't remember what you announced. I guess it was like the lineup for Dreams or something. And like yeah. you had the little ne- the Vitaly necklace, yeah, yeah. the little astronaut. I still have it somewhere.
3: That know. was a big that was big when that we started big. doing that stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So what was uh okay, first big couple big events in Toronto was Bird, Digital Dreams, that. Then when did it transition more from Electronic Nation
0: to Live Nation and doing kind of Wait, let's back like, up a second. Let's about Digital Dreams first.
3: Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> <sure>. That was <laughs> the one the first <laughs> Digital <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Dreams, one of the like one of the best festivals I think I've ever been to. I, just because it was that first like really big one in Toronto, yeah. right? Yeah. I still remember. I, th- I well, think Velds it was, was like
2: a month after too, right? But did they,
0: Dreams was but way did Dreams so were the Dreams, first announced, though I
3: think Dreams was a year, a year before. So there was a yeah, there was yeah. one year before Val because was the first started. one, yeah.
0: yeah. And I think people realized quickly that oh, there's a there's a market for this year because I recall yeah. that then the next year they had it, but that first one I think because it was the it was in the parking lot. No, it was actually in Ontario Place. It was on the beach and. It was on Deep, the other side. Yeah. It was like we're Trillium Parkers. Par- yeah, Parkes, yeah. So. yeah, that and the lineup I remember was, was really good. At this. Yeah. That was a great festival. Oh, wild! Yeah, and I, I just think good the, memories, lo- sir. <laughs> the location. <laughs> yeah. too. Nothing against Veld. They've done a great job of keeping it going and bringing in hmm. diverse talent and stuff. And I think making you know, it broader than just the EDM. But still, I remember. I, I believe I went that first year there, I, I don't think it compared. I don't. Not. I don't think it didn't compare to to that first year of digital dreams because it was downtown, like you see the skyline, all those things. I just think that was, yeah, it was, um, it was crazy. It was a really, really Three good nine, festival, well run <laughs> <laughs> and everything.
2: They all needed my password. I'm like, <laughs> oh, trying <laughs> <laughs> try, because try, I don't want to disrupt the conversation here.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Digital dreams was, uh, was this like, foray into electronic music that, that, uh, live nation was doing at the time. And they started off by creating electronic nation, um, before they got into the the whole mentality of just like buying other festivals and buying festival producers. So the first shot at it was to build an electronic music arm, um, and that's what I was brought into uh to be the marketing manager for that's what I started doing so wow. what was that like in the early days there? It was pretty crazy yeah it was uh <laughs> well, it was like it was crazy, but it was it was just so different from what live nation's core business was, so there was a lot of like a lot of being misunderstood about what was going on, but it was also like definitely a little wild wild west. So was it was just a lot of cowboy, <laughs> you know, it was it was uh it was definitely it was definitely different. Uh a lot of stuff that went on back then wouldn't go on now. You know, just Live Nation as a whole has has evolved so much. It's so much more corporate. Um and the way that they approach things is just different. Um again, it was like I feel like I was a part of a time that's Probably never to be repeated again, um, but it—it was—it's all part of like, it's all another stone. It's all another like part of my journey that you know is equally as important.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. What um you—you you mentioned that Live Nation is kind of just more buying festivals and buying mm-hmm. festival producers. What festivals have they bought? Like, do are you allowed to talk about that or what like Live Nation does? in
3: general, like Live Nation owns uh, or owns or is partners with like Lollapalooza and the the guys oh. at C3, um, okay. like pretty much any major festival <coughs> that you think of uh, outside of. Uh, well, because I think you guys have actually partnered with Veld, right? Yeah. So we had uh, we've got a long standing relationship with uh, with Talal and, and the team at Inc. Um and that really came out of like when when Electronic Nation uh, went away, when they're like, hey, this is just not what our strategy is anymore. Um, and I moved from Electronic Nation to Live Nation proper. Um, that's when like we developed a relationship with Inc and we've got a longstanding relationship with Avenco. So we had started Il Sonic with them. Um, okay. But. Oh, I mean Live thing. Nation is is, oh, is partners that. um at Escapade and and we're partners with you know more formally with Avenco and so we're in we're in the mix on like everything, everything. and and there's way more festivals in western Canada <laughs> than there are in eastern Canada because we have the Budweiser stage which is so prolific at you know it's 80 90 shows a year and all of the best talent is coming through there so it's much more important to have festivals on or it's much more you know it's much easier to have festivals on western canada than it is in eastern canada Canada because we're already we're already set yeah we're already set do you guys
0: do anything with stampede or anything like that or
3: we do some you know stampedes its own thing we we, i think we do a thing called badlands um uh with them you know it's kind of off-site programming Um, but I, I kind of like over the last few years, I've, I've fallen out of the festival stuff and moved over to history. And so I'm like, I know mostly what we're doing in festival space, but not as much as I did. I used to be so up in it. Yeah.
0: Now your world is basically like that. That's your project. That's your baby. That's like, your kind of,
3: yeah, it was like, you can either do one or the other. You can either work on the festivals or you can work on history and history is just, such an amazing project! It's what, what, what kind of nudge? I mean, a nudge, or pushed you, thrust you, whatever. What made you uh, chase that path rather than the festival oh. stuff? Is just like it's just such on, a it's such a different animal.
2: Yeah, we're good.
0: We're oh, good? oh, yeah, okay. Sorry, yeah, you, like freaked out over this. <laughs> I like, deleted something. No, she good. did something. No, okay yeah Sorry.
3: festivals are such a different animal um and i had done them for you know seven years at live nation um it was time to to make a change and that's the best thing about live nation you can do so you many different hop, yeah. things you're like i really think that this is interesting and um you know if you've got an affinity for it and you
2: yeah you can be on that kind of festival network or you can maybe do i i love the smaller shows that three to 500 person shows. Let me jump into that. Yeah. And I, there's obviously history to twenty five hundred people. Yep. Give or take.
3: Yep. 2,500. There, there you go. go. 2,500 people perfect. shows
2: like, and they, they see everyone. It's not just hip hop. It's not just EDM. It's everybody in between.
3: Everybody. Yeah. And I think with the festival stuff, like, you know, in Ontario, there isn't that broad spectrum. It's like, Dreams, Veld is dance music, Um, you know, Escapade's dance music, Il Sanik we were doing is dance music. So it's kind of what we've been doing here. Um, So, you know, moving over to history was just kind of the next step in the evolution of things.
2: Well, I feel like history is that venue too where it's like, the people that play there now, within a year, they're going to be doing the Budweiser stages totally. or stuff like. When you see someone like Bob Moses. Like I don't think we'll see someone like Bob Moses at a venue like that size ever again because no. next year they're going to be on to yeah, like
3: Echo Beach or
2: yeah, exactly right, like um, Little Tecca.
3: Dude, that was a crazy. <laughs> that was such a good wild, show.
2: wild. So, again, but even someone like that, like after seeing a show like that, I was like, I don't think he'll be in a venue like this next year. No, I think he'll be at the Budweiser, the Echo Beaches, the. Yeah. I don't know whatever's whatever the next stage up from that is. or He'll be <laughs> opening for another rapper at uh, ACC yeah. or something. Yeah.
3: Well, he's playing on Rolling Loud.
2: There you go. All right. So yeah. Are you guys part of Rolling
1: Loud?
3: Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. so Live Nation's a uh, partner with Rolling Loud as well. So okay. we're producing the uh the Toronto event. Okay. So that'll be big. Yeah. But we were so we were at so Ricky came to um to Little Tecca at History. Oh, let me say little?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Little, little Tecca,
3: Lil. Uh, <laughs> I feel too old to say Lil. Little, little Tecca and uh, w- like we were having a great time, and I yeah. think we were like doing a tour, and we found ourselves upstairs, yeah. and we're like both looking out over the crowd, and it's like, and it's bananas. Wild. It was so wild, and then something happened, and he was getting ready to like drop another track, and you could feel the crowd just kind of like rearrange itself, and a bunch of mosh pits opened up. And we both look down, both of us pull our phones out and we're standing like 10 feet apart and we're not even beside each other at this part. We've just kind of like drifted away and we both have our phones out because you can feel it's going to go crazy. And we look down and this kid like spreads out this mosh pit and then the beat drops and he backflips. Like in the Mod Like perfectly backflips the And then everybody collapses in and goes crazy And we both got our phone out We make eye contact oh, yeah. from like 10 feet away And we're both like That was honey. that was the, cra- <laughs> that that was was the craziest honey. thing
2: And actually for a good plug for history for da- If you were going on a date night You can get half bottles Mickey's yeah. In the VIP section there So great date night spot
3: It's a great date night spot It is, It honestly really is
2: I went on a date there Actually Bob Moses was a date Yeah, Had a great night yeah, I don't know why you're laughing. I don't know
3: why I'm laughing either. I just find <laughs> <aren't> that funny. <laughs> I love the plug. It's hot great. tip. Get hot meet, tip. Going on a date night. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really turned into quite a date night spot. I imagine
2: because again, you have so many different artists. It's not like it's just a venue for young people or a venue for older people or a venue for rap lovers or for EDM lovers. It's literally, I think probably every two weeks there's a, a concert there for almost any kind of like music lover. Right. Yeah. You'll find something for everyone.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, the whole thing around history has been amazing. It's, um, it's really been this like beacon for Canadian talent and we've had so many Canadian artists come through already and we've got so many, uh, planned for the rest of the year, but it is really something for everybody. And when we were going through the meetings and, and the public, uh, kind of discussions with the community, uh, who are a tough community. Uh, I think that they really thought, you know, with having Drake as a partner, that this is going to be like a, a not awesome spot for them within their community. But, um, you know, I think that we've, since we've been open, we've been able to change a lot of those minds. It's, it's amazing. The restaurants, every restaurant around is, is full. Every night we have a show and we, we're going to have like 200 shows there this year. So, that's a lot of the year with shows. Um, and there definitely is something for everybody from, you know, Wallows last weekend. We had DeVito there the the week before. Um, you know, there's like uh, your indie bands, your kind of classic rock. We've got the Tea Party and Moist playing there this weekend. And two days the two days before them is, is Two Friends for two nights. So, you know, it's really something for everybody. It's been... Like the project of a lifetime to work on,
0: unreal. Are you, um, are you happy personally with the place that it's at, and did that materialized right away? Once it opened, it came to life, and you were like, everything was kind of perfect. You nailed it on the head, or was there still some growing pains? And I yeah, guess from then
3: to now, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm super proud of it. It's um, it's been like a four year project, and we were talking earlier. Like when you think about what COVID was. A show just before COVID was two and a half years ago, you know. So, uh, we started working on it a long time before that. Um, I think what we thought it was going to be and what it is is pretty close. Um, and it continues to just like evolve and get and get better and better. Um, it's got a world class team, and you know, it's it, like I said, it's been the project of a lifetime. We spent so much time being you know the purveyors of bad news canceling shows for so long like doing all kinds of stuff uh, having all kinds of shitty conversations like you know during that whole time canceling moving canceling moving rescheduling refunding because you guys opened up for a little bit yeah we did like Um, during
2: late pandemic i guess or late 2021
3: yeah there was a real push the whole way through and then obviously like you know boats couldn't come across from europe like all of the the stone on the front was supposed to come from Spain or Portugal and it got stuck on a boat. So we had to source locally, like all kinds of stuff like that. Um, every day though, we got to like work on moving a project forward at a time when everything was stopping and rewinding and refunding. Um, we got to show up and work on a project that was like, picking out like what the textures were going to be, how are fans going to want to come back? Like, was everything going to need to be cashless? And if so, how is cashless going to operate? We had all these kinds of, all these data points about like, fans would be more likely to buy merch if it was pre-packaged. So like, what would that strategy look like? We we got to like think and work through all kinds of scenarios. Um, So when it came time to open, we had been thinking and talking about all of these things for so long. And in such detail, it just rolled. Like it felt like a lot of work, but it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a festival. It felt like its own thing. Festivals are super laborious. You're like there from seven in the morning till 2am. You got a little bit of sleep and leading up to it. It's like so much effort to get them going. This was that effort but it it just felt different it was it's something like magical about that room
0: that's awesome man yeah
3: happy to here how many um if i can ask like what's the team like there
0: how many of you work on worked on worked on the project and are like currently kind of dedicated to this to this project going forward i mean
3: the so like i'm the booking manager in the venue so i spend a lot of time um like booking the events working with the other promoters making sure the room's full tetrising Events in like moving things around making sure that we can get the shows that we want on the dates. We want them on But there's like a full team of people like there's a general manager and he's uh, Steven and he's got a great team of people uh, Who manage the day-to-day? Operations of it, but there's you know on any given show there's your promoter your marketer your finance person your contracts person um, your production manager your runner there's four different security companies in there. There's, you know, twenty bar different security companies. Yeah, to- yeah, totally.
0: That's crazy. Is that, yeah, right, that like private security for the artist? There's just artists, like different like outside
3: yeah, security. All, okay. There's venue security. There's like front of house security. There's back of house security, and then there's the private security. Interesting. So I know front house and back is
0: that house, yeah.
3: is that normal to do that? Like with a is it like to mitigate risk? Is it because you need like w- uh, different venues would have different systems. It's just it's just the way ours is. Okay. So Interesting. it's, uh, you know, we found like, obviously we have such a high profile partner in the room. It requires you to think about things and operate things gotcha. in a, in a particular way. Yeah. That's makes fair.
0: sense.
2: What, uh, are there any events you're super excited for there in the upcoming months, weeks or months? Um, I know you're excited
3: for all of them, obviously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um the devito show that just played was was awesome um that was you know it's just such an amazing feeling uh to do that show like claro i'm really excited about i've been working on her um all of her shows and to see her kind of grow uh into doing two histories is great coffee coming up um Moved from earlier in the year due to some, you know, all the normal stuff. Uh, in July, those are going to be great. Um, oh, Tash Sultana coming up. In August, there's a huge stress, stretch of shows. We're doing a Sean Paul. We've got Tash Sultana. We've got Blast. I
2: think Kid Leroy, too. Someone told me about yeah, that. Yeah,
3: same. So that, That's that whole one. week, it's like two beaches, two Kid Leroys. Um, we've just, like... We put up Muse um, in October. We just sold out three Giveon shows in September. We've got a big, big. That's ball crazy. Three shows like that, like crazy. Wow. Seventy five hundred tickets. I oh, want that. It,
0: go he's ahead. Canadian. No,
3: no. He's not. He's th- American, but his managers are from Toronto. Okay. So I for-
0: I don't know why that name. It's, is. it's I like an it unofficial
3: recently. hometown show. Okay, it's big. I mean, he did that song with Justin Bieber and, that's and Daniel why I know the Caesar. Name. There you go. Because um, Daniel so Caesar's that's a Canadian. Huge. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: I want to ask: When you guys have back-to-back or triple shows, do you know ahead of time that you're going to have back-to-back or triple shows, or is um, it like the first one sold out so quickly? Hey, get on the phone. Can we do another one right away?
3: There's a lot of times where you have a you have a strong English. feeling yeah, yeah. that like. That you're gonna get to two shows in that instance, we knew we would be three. We had the three shows cleared and ready to go. Okay, and built. It so was like, like, it's it's
2: too, it just sold out. How do you already have like approval of that class? I'm like, it has to be.
3: Yeah, totally. I, I mean, yeah. there's some times when, you know, it's just quick thinking and something goes up and you're like, oh, okay, shit. let's yeah, like we gotta get like, is the next day or the day before available? Can we squeeze a second show in?
2: When when you're kind of I guess deciding that or looking at an artist. Do you use like other shows in I guess New York, Chicago, Boston has I think like to kind of guess or kind of just roughly a, get an idea on how many tickets you're going to sell or is it hey this is how it did last time in Toronto or is it a combination of things
3: Uh it's a combination of things I think when I you know when I look at a show we we're, we're looking at a whole bunch of different stuff we're looking at what their streaming numbers are like, what's their past history in the market. What we're really doing is is the artist is a commodity, um, and we establish a value for that commodity within the market, and we try and and make an educated guess on what the value is going to be on the next play, um, how much how many tickets we can sell, at what price, price we can mark. sell them for, what's the business cost to get them here, and can the artists make money by playing this show? And can they make more money by playing for me than they can by playing for somebody else? Yeah, that's true. So that's the, that's the real thing on the local level. And obviously our touring stuff is a lot more intricate and scaled differently. But
0: what's your favorite part about the job?
3: That's a good one, George. Oh, well, I see I th- you seem
0: like you like everything you do and you like you like, like you really enjoy it. Yeah, everything. I love it. Yeah. Um, but is there one single thing that brings the most joy to go into work and do every day?
3: I think it's the small shows. Um, I think you guys were talking with Jamie about uh, those like small rooms and loving those like 300 cap shows. I think that that's where the most I'm I find I'm most rewarded. Like, um, finding an artist believing in an artist that maybe like the public doesn't even know about and being like I'm going to take a I'm going to take a bet on this artist that they're going to be worth one, two, three hundred 2, 300 tickets um, and they're at this phase where like the people who are coming are like really fans there, there's really no, no one casually goes yeah. to the Drake Underground to see a show like you go because you know what's going on like you yeah. know that artist you want to see them you're on the tip um i think those ones are the best like that's what i'm most passionate about i think it's really exciting to do a bud stage show it's really excited to be in scotiabank arena and walking around and like seeing you know them chalk the floor and them hang the production and and the rigors putting everything in place and the like, you know, dozens of people running around putting everything up. Um, But it's just different. You know, there's a real energy to like finding those artists before anybody else, connecting with them, bringing them in, doing that show. That's, I think, the most rewarding for me. That's what I like the most.
0: Do you, uh, when you said about like finding them before does would you work a lot with record labels to find those people or do you mo- work mostly with like the booking agents, stuff like that? How, like how it how depends.
3: It? like you know, you have various relationships with different people. Um, for the most part, like my my previous assistant, Alex Simpson, she worked with me for like seven years. Um, we when we first started booking shows, you had to kind of carve your own lane um, within Live Nation because everybody kind of has their own relationship. So we spent a lot of time like reading the trades, the the celebrity access. Um, I forget what it was called, but basically like every Tuesday or Wednesday, they posted this thing and it was like all the new agent signings and we would like run down the list. We would listen to all the music and we'd be like, we like this act. We don't like this act. We like this act. We don't like that act. We like that agent. You know, don't know who the artist is, but we know them. So let, let's hit them up. So that's really how we started um, going about it was like using our ears and being like, I really like this act. Like Georgia Smith was an act and it's like probably my most memorable show. I must have called the agent off of that off of celebrity access seeing Joe Hadley signed her. I must've called him a hundred times to get the show. Yeah. And it was like, she's not coming to, she's not coming to the U S not coming to Canada. She's going to stay in the UK, not going to do it, not going to do it, not going to do it. And then he called me and he's like, Hey, how about that Georgia show? And I'm like, yes, let's do it. We did it at velvet, sold out right away. She had just had that song with, with Drake on his album. Um, which was huge and and we're hanging outside stage of the show. We're like, is he gonna come? Is he not gonna come? And we're in velvet. There's not really much room backstage. And he shows up and he stands there like the entire show stuck in a corner and his bodyguards are just like eyeing us down. We're kinda like shrugged to the side, <laughs> like trying to stay away from him. And he's not going to go on, not going to go on. And then finally, he just like asks for a mic and goes up and performs with her at the Velvet Underground. And that's one of those moments where like, I'm promoting this artist in this 300 cap room. Everybody knows every song. I worked my ass off to get the show. This is like for me, like that's what it's all about, you know? Yeah. those Those moments. Yeah. That's a special one for yeah, sure. I was
2: like, "This is what I live for." Kind of
3: moment. One hundred percent.
0: You get a few of those every now and then. I'm guessing that where you just kind of stop and like kind of pat yourself on the back and be like, "Oh, that was really, really cool." Like not yeah. like a not maybe not in a, you know like a yeah,
3: yeah. no right, that, but like, yeah like yeah yeah I think uh, yeah like some mom of would have be proud one hundred percent all that too but yeah, yeah, also yeah, like oh, I did
0: this thing yeah. like you know it helps our brand it helps the team it helps this because your assistant probably who was doing that with you probably like wow this is like very cool to see how that can be too yeah. and then the next generation of people that or the people that are coming up and working, you know, directly for someone like yourself, they're like, wow, this is crazy. This can happen in this business. And then people get more
3: motivated and it kind of fosters that culture of, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much of it. There's uh special moments like that ha- don't happen um super frequently, but you know when you're you know, when you're in one, like, you know, when you're having one, you get goosebumps like for real. And I think everybody around you gets charged off of it, you know, and the office is just like a buzz the next day, like that, something like that happened and it all lends to the story and the culture. And like all these people work on these shows, like I, I book the artists, I manage the event, but again, it's like a huge team of people um everybody has a a small team of people but it's like a it's a real community effort there's like i said there's a marketer there's a ticketer there's a production manager there's an accountant there's a contracts person pouring through every line of like some shitty contract to make sure that some agents not like stuffing something in there and you know without them none of these things happen like you know we get to show up and yeah and it and it looks cool but they're the ones doing all the big work to make it happen that's awesome that's really cool
2: and i think that's a good note to end on unless you got anything else, I don't anything else. Oh, that was cool. a
3: good one because you know it's one of those feel good
2: moments right like yeah
0: <laughs> rigs a big field
2: nah, guys. guy a feel no, good moment. yeah <laughs> thanks we, we didn't realize <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i uh no because when you saw that story like you know those again those kind of tap your give your a pat on the back uh, when we did Avicii, me and Moretti. I remember we went upstairs to mansion and upstairs technically was open because for like capacity issues we needed it to be, but there was zero people up there, mm-hmm. zero. Everybody was literally right in front of the stage, and me and Moretti just happened to both go up there at the same time, and we both looked down, kind of just looked at each other like, "Yeah, we fucking did this." Yeah, like, totally. We 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 literally knew fucking nothing. We had no idea what we were doing, but we looking at each other like every single person here is having so much fucking fun, and. We, we we did that. You know, like 100%. One of those moments. That's what I thought.
3: Those, those feel so good. And and it, it's not even just those like big shows. There could be a show where a million things went wrong. Like literally one thing after another <laughs> can power? go wrong and it still happens. And you're like, all of these people showed up and they are having the best time and they don't know any of the shit that, that happened yeah, to, that to do this like, show. Like all the fires like if they even, put put even knew. If they even knew half of what happened... It would blow their mind, but you know, they get to walk into the show and enjoy it and have drinks. Yeah. And you know, those moments, all those moments are so special. Uh, that's what makes live the live industry so amazing to be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Love Good it. luck with everything else you're doing. Good luck with history. Thank you, Wish you so many much. Many years of success. Thanks for having
0: and, me. And looking forward to seeing where this chapter we got to get and you and guys listen. out to more shows. Yeah, Absolutely. George, let's go. I haven't been, yeah, I haven't yeah. been out yet. I've, you, oh, I've actually been invited, so I appreciate it, Or I don't know, probably. Came from you But yeah, Rick, course. told me to come out It didn't end up Working out But we'll figure yeah. it out
2: I have a couple this summer I don't know which one I can't remember which one's there the Next are. time I you, Kill you go, I have one.
0: Assuming I'm not away I'm away in August But yeah, There's so many What'd you say Kid Leroy is August It's six. August 6, 7 Or
3: 7, 8
0: I think it's in my calendar
2: for All, the all I know
3: is the one Song of Bieber And it's so That song is hype I the would go just for crazy. There's only Like 15 days From September To January 1st That there isn't a show Come on So you can come out Anytime you know what? I'm gonna take a look at the calendar tonight and kind of see. Yeah, Hotel I
1: think looking. there was Duke
2: DeMont coming up. Oh, did that already happened. When? No, August 18th. I think we're, bu- we're busy.
0: Oh no, I'm he, <laughs> Duke DeMont. Yeah, I'm in. This is the one of like. my favorite Duke DeMont. I I, I I liked and I remember finding out about him early on. Duke yeah. Yeah, Duke DeMont. The 18th. I'm gone. Yeah. I believe on the 7th. I could have told you that. Need the calendar to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh. Duke Dumont was like big coming up with like Ocean, I think it was Ocean Drive and there's a few other ones. Oh, yeah, totally. Like summer bangers and that, uh, we saw him at Lollapalooza oh, wow. summer of 2014, I think, whenever that was, the first time we went to Lolla. One of the best sets I've ever seen, it was like dusk, it was hot, it was so good and then for a while after that, I like d- didn't see him on many like shows or whatever and maybe I just wasn't looking hard enough but... Um, yeah since then I've been kind of looking to see him live and I still haven't since then
2: mine was uh, again same thing with that, but I've got big on him and um, he did a set with Gorgon City at Cafe yeah. Mambo in Ibiza and it was like one of my like, COVID playlists yeah. I would listen to and Gor- you guys had Gorgon City already yeah. right
0: it was crazy yeah Damn I really gotta get on these crazy events, man. I'm
3: slacking out here. Oh, big time! Yeah, I gotta There's pull. So much and he'll give you the tour, and then so you can watch the sky yeah, in your yeah, back yeah, play. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so, like so that much stuff story like, the
2: way he told it, was perfect. Yeah, like, it was so wild. Rick, you, you seen the venue? It was like I was here last time, but I was kind of drunk, and this time I was sober, and I think I went with like Alyssa or something. And he's like, "Yeah, let me give you a tour." I was like, "Sick!" And then that happened. It was just fucking perfect. Yeah. And then we, that's Ali was there that same night too. Ali from Universal. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get us some events.
0: We're getting especially in the
3: fall too. I'll send you the yeah, absolutely. Um, like big calendar guy. Yeah,
2: big calendar. Mark, uh, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, where can they go? How can they find you? Oh my God. Uh, I feel like you're like send me an email kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Send it, yeah, shoot me an email. Uh, I'm on all the socials, Mark W S Russell. Um, uh, no TikTok, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I'm easy to well, find. Well, you, know I'm what? Easy you to go get to go history. Of, you know? You'll
2: find him at history. That's I'm it.
3: at history almost every night. So. If you need me, I'm there. Are you there tonight? Uh, no, not tonight's there tonight. Tonight's the night off, eh? Yeah, tonight's the night off. with the pals. Tomorrow night's uh, Mike. He uh, was like a yeah. ex baseball player, and then he was we, big in the college scene. Isn't big, he big? Like Massive, it's yeah. Big. I didn't. I didn't have any. Because I heard his name from oh, who? Mike, my Marcus Stroman, Mike. Buddy. Period.
2: Yeah, Mike. Period. That's a, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Isn't the guy was just Mike? Marcus Stroman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he used to be Mike. something. He's a baseball player, like a real pro baseball player. He yeah he used to be called. He used to have a different name. No, I think yeah, that's the real name, Mike. Mike.
0: Yeah. No, Mike. Yeah, but Mike something.
2: Are you thinking Mike Posner? Posner. No,
3: no, no. Mike Stud. Mike, Mike Studd, That's, that's it. it. Yeah, he's Marcus Strowman's buddy. Yeah. He should have gone by Mike Stud. He's just Mike. Period. That's man. what I mean.
0: He changed it. I think he got. Because Strowman was on Stroman was on a song with him. I think, back in like 2015 when the days were up. Oh, cool. So yeah,
3: we go. We go, Mike. And then we go two nights of two friends, which is crazy. July
2: first, July second, right?
3: No, uh, ju- uh, June thirtieth, July first, okay. and then we go tea party and moist on the second, and then oh, maybe um, I'll come for one of the two friends. Yeah, two friends. You you came oh, to the last crazy. two friends show. Yeah,
2: man, mash, mash up bangers. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, yeah, maybe. The, 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 the,
2: I think the where was the last know, one. one was it Phoenix. At the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. With me and Tony uh, Ayela
0: came. Was it me? And Toma.
2: Yeah, two friends the of the Toll. Toll was great. Oh. Man, was so man. good. Uh, two it friends of so a mashup band. Yeah. you know who they are? Two yeah. friends? Yeah, they're just mashups all night. Can't wait. Uh, anyways, Mark, this was a, pl- a pleasure. Glad we got to finally do this. And uh, we'll Super see you excited. soon. Super yeah. excited. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks
0: it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on.
1: Cheers, guys. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all my mistakes and every I got a and no one thing. You're not alright I'm not alright